Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve podcast, where we cut your learning curve with insights you can apply immediately to your farming operation. This episode is presented by Loveland Products. When it comes to crop inputs, you need products that are field proven to deliver both results and value. For more than 50 years, Loveland Products has been providing farmers with high-performance, value-driven product solutions designed to maximize productivity on every acre. Visit lovelandproducts.com to see how their innovative products can help you farm more profitably. And now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey there, welcome to another fantastic episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. We're talking today about looking beyond just fertility, especially at time of planting. Let's face it, you've heard it here probably if you've been, been tuning into our stuff. Uh, NPK, NPK, lots of fertilizer. Well, you know, we've gotten away from that old-fashioned thinking. There's a whole heck of a lot of things that can be done at time of planting that are going to create a big yield and a great result, and it goes way past just fertility. We're talking about other products and other things you can do at time of planting to get tremendous results. We're going to lead off with Kelly Garrett. Kelly Garrett is joined by Kevin Matthews. Both of them basically have a little bit of a rain out. We were recording this mid-April, and I was able to get them to, to hop on a call because they had just a little bit of rain that kind of uh, gave them a slowdown in planting. Kelly's about one-fourth of the way through his planting. Kevin's probably uh, considerably beyond that. But anyway, they're taking no, a to talk about Huh? I'm embarrassed. Kelly's whooped me on this, baby. All right. So he's not considerably beyond that. But anyway, they're both taking a little break from planting and they're going to talk about stuff they're doing right this minute while planting as it relates to getting a big result. And it's not anything to do with fertility. But then again, it is because it's almost fertility enhancement. Kelly, you've got something kind of exciting to share about um, a product accomplished, Max. It's a soil metabolite. You and me and Kevin were on stage in conjunction with Commodity Classic uh, back in March, and we spoke at great length about this. So kind of tell us what you're doing. First off, it's it's a product that does a couple of things, and you think it's probably going to give you some pretty big results. Yes. You know, Accomplish Max is the product that we're using today, but Accomplish LM is the base of that product. It's been a flagship product for Loveland for eight or 10 years now. And what Accomplish does is it's like starting at second base instead of home plate, uh, you know, or uh, Evans also gave me an, an, another uh, analogy here. It's like jump starting a battery. So the, your soil biology produces metabolites that feed the microbes, stimulate the microbes to, to, to produce plant available nutrition, okay? And what Accomplish LM does is it supplements those metabolites. It puts you, gives you extra metabolites in the soil to jumpstart that soil, just like jumpstarting the battery. And now what Loveland has done is they have taken the kelp extraction piece that they have, and they've put that, those stress mitigation properties into Accomplish LM. The new product is called Accomplish Max. I first tested it in 2021. I admittedly thought it was going to be snake oil. I had a 10 bushel yield advantage in a high yield area, and I had a 28 bushel yield advantage in a stressed area. And last year, it, we started using it as grower standard practice on every acre of corn and soybeans and furrow. And I, you know, I, I've said before that I really think we talk too much about constant fertility, always pushing that NP and K. We're forgetting other things, especially plant health and plant stress. And the plants can't utilize all the fertility we're pushing unless we make them healthier and take some of the stress off. 
and that's why I use Accomplish Max. I, I've, you know, I've, I've, shared necessarily... this, I've, I've shared it a number of times. It was October of 2021 yes. in your office where you're sitting right now when I said, what's a big objective for 2022 looking ahead? And you said stress reduction. I want to make my plants less stressed because, as and you said it, if you have a, a well-trained athlete and you keep putting food in front of them, but right. they're injured, if, they're, if that well-trained athlete is injured, all the food in the world and nutrition isn't going to do me good. Same with our plants. I liked it. So I want to get to Kevin because do you have experience with accomplished mass, Kevin? Because Kelly's got quite a bit to share on that and his big, it tied into his big objective of stress mitigation. Did you use accomplished product? Yeah, I've actually, we've been uh, using the level well, nutrients, our primary supplier around here for just for my farm, these other suppliers that do a good job as well. But uh, Greg McMurray's just done such a phenomenal job looking after me and keeping product there. We've been using Accomplish LM for, hell yeah, product's been out a long time. I, I, yeah. I'm afraid to say how long. And we've used it off and on, and, and it was kind of a, it was, it was good, but it's kind of like a hit and miss. But then when they was able to come out with the sea kelp, we added that before and uh, we started seeing good things like Kelly did. Now I hadn't seen the 28 bushels uh, in the stressed area because I didn't have, I didn't check no areas in the stress, but lots of times in your stressed areas is where you're going to see the biggest yield gain because you got, you got so many things going on and that little bit of help makes a huge difference in that situation versus a sweet spot in the field. But then we went with the accomplished max. And the nice thing was when they, they brought it, it's all in one package. I got less products to take to the field. I just put a tote on our tender trailer. We run a quart to the acre, which is the, the label rate on it. I guess you could probably run whatever you wanted to. I, I don't know. We need to do some tests on that, Kelly. See if Chad Henderson can send it for us and see if we can get, get away with more. But, <laughs> hey. uh, you said something interesting about sea kelp. I remember interviewing the guys from uh, this company uh, like a year and a half, two years ago. And I said, this is kind of crazy, but this is a new thing in the last few years, bringing in uh, algae and sea kelp and all that and putting it in there. And it seems a little bit too far-fetched. You're just telling me that it's actually not. It, it seems like it seems like a little bit like when they used to try and sell shampoo to your wife by saying there was eggs in it or something. It's like, what the hell are eggs doing in my wife's shampoo? So it's kind of like it seems kind of crazy, but you're saying it's, it's actually done the job of stress reduction. Yeah, we're yeah. we're seeing on our farm and as a you know really good uh, yield response. The biggest thing we want is ROI. I mean, we want to make money with it, and when it's making us money, it works. But you're 100% right on that sea kelp. I mean, I guess about 10 years ago, I had a had a guy that I did a lot of research for. He brought some by the farm, and he's like, you know, we need to check this. And, and I, it's like, I said, what is it? He said, well, it's sea mineral, sea, sea kelp. Listen, I thought, man, it's, it's a snake oil right here. But it, we got playing with it, and it was so long ago, we really didn't know what we was doing, but we could see different responses, but we didn't really know how to manage it. And now, you know, back then we were trying to do a foliar, we was doing all different stuff, but putting an emperor right in there at that seed is, uh, has been really good for all of us, I believe. Kelly, um, 
I, again, I, I, I hearken back to the October meeting in your shop because it's been a big thing that we've gone back to a number of times. When we we're in front of the group there in conjunction with Commodity Classic, we spoke about this very thing about, uh, you know, all the nutrition in the world to an injured, banged up athlete isn't going to help anything. You know, you got to reduce the stress. Then you said soil metabolites. This is another thing that kind of like gets a little out there. 20, 30 years ago, we didn't talk about soil metabolites. And you said it gets the soil biology going. Is that real, number one? And number two, is it because biology's not kicked in because it's cold soil? Or is it was it not going to kick in even when the soil got warm? I, I think that when the soil's cold, the biology's not ramped up as much as he's taught, as much as we would like it to be. And like Kevin talked about the hit and miss, I see that sometimes here. In my high yield areas, that biology is really humming along. In a lower yielding area, that biology needs some help. It needs all the help it can get, yeah. and that's where the that's where the metabolites really go. You know, and and Kevin is absolutely right. What we're really after is an ROI, mm -hmm. and those lower yielding areas is very low hanging fruit. And you think taking the stress off those areas, supplementing the biology in those areas really improves the ROI. Years ago, an agronomist told me, if you can fix the bad spots in the field, you're going to fix the whole field. And and that's that's exactly what a product like this will help us do. That's, I mean, that's almost like a mic drop. Okay, if you can fix the bad spots in the field, you fix the whole field. All right, hey, Kevin, on the soil metabolites thing, again, this isn't something that, I, I mean, you, you're the one that's been uh, nearer to the, to the field longer than me. Uh, I don't remember hearing that. I don't remember hearing that in FFA soil judging. I don't remember hearing that when I was intern for DuPont. Soil metab is soil metabolites a real thing? Yeah, there's no question. Uh, but I will be quite frank. One thing about all of us at XA, we surround ourselves by very smart people. And we get Mike Evans, Lee Lubers, and guys in like that. And, uh, man, they can, they can really – help uh, help us out on that and kelly knows more about getting in depth than that because of his relationship working hand to hand with matt or mike evans every day that's a just an awesome thing you can learn so i'm not the best one to get into the, the real details of it but um we've definitely seen the increase in the microbial life and that's what we're after we also see easier stress early on in these tough conditions when we use the product or products like this, and that's what we're that's what we're after. But as far as actually being able to tell you that I understand and know 100 percent of it, man, I got a lot to learn in this deal right here. I'm relying on Kelly. All right, so answer me this: uh, When Kelly said uh, about a year and a half ago, I think we're going to find out that that for certainly fertility matters, but we thought what we focused only on fertility and thought more is better, more is better. There is reality to the idea that we've, we we're okay on fertility. We're probably okay on fertility. Our, our limiting factor is no longer fertility. Is that a yes or I guess, yes or no, true or false. Is that true? Is fertility no longer our limiting yeah, factor? Absolutely. Um, you're spot on, Damian. That's a true question. And, and I'll add this three years ago, four years ago, I would give you a totally different answer, and I got to be careful how I say this because somebody will get on to me. But I'm really to the point now on my infura that I'm not really focused on NPNK infura. I'm yeah. focused on the other products that Kelly's talked about. I see a day coming that the biologicals and the microbes and these these type products are going to be 
the main infer ingredient, and then we're going to be placing those other nutrients out in the diet where we need them more. And Kelly talks about, you know, relaying them, you know, reallocating that money further down the line. And I can't agree more with what we're seeing. Chad's seeing it. You know, I've seen it. All those guys have seen it, but we've seen it in different ways. Chad, he's seen it when he was, you know, on land that was going to go to concrete next year. And he was able to maintain a good crop. Well, now we're taking all these ideas and Kelly's done really, you guys aren't putting any fertility in for right now, are you, Kelly? Yeah, we, we put some calcium and some zinc in for, otherwise all that fertility, especially in soybeans, is pushed later and later. And what's in furrow are more things like accomplished max and radiate, not fertility. I want to get to radiate in a minute, but the more important thing is, I think we should probably put an asterisk. It's, if this is like the first extreme ag uh, video or cutting the curve podcast that a person tuned into, they just heard me say fertility is not our limiting factor. Let's go ahead and put the asterisk next to that, Kevin. <laughs> yes, fertility still matters, and we preach adequate usage of fertility. So kind of put the asterisk comment on there so someone doesn't think I just told them, don't worry about your fertility. That's right. You, you know, you just want to, it's the right product in the right place at the right time. You got to get your R's right. Yeah. So the point is, we're not saying fertility doesn't matter. We're saying it's no longer probably, if you're doing things right, it's probably not the limiting factor to keep you from high yield. Is that the better way to say it, Kelly? Yeah. They can't, they sure. can't hear you. They can't hear you nod your head on the radio. Sorry. You're absolutely correct. Yes. <laughs> All right. Real quickly. I'm in deep thought. I appreciate I appreciate the pensiveness. Um, here's what I'm going to go with. Uh, another thing that's looking beyond for because we're, we're titling this whole episode "Looking Beyond Fertility at Time of Planting." We're going to assume that you've got fertility figured out. And by the way, we have countless videos about that subject. So now we're talking about what else? You know, it's kind of like uh, you want to be a great. I saw since we're already talking about uh, examples. You know, you see a, a great center in, in the NBA. Yeah, they know how to dribble. They know how to handle it. It's like there was, there was that next thing, that next thing. We're kind of talking about that next thing. So I never knew what a plant growth regulator was until I joined Extreme Ag. I had no idea. And then Kelly's tossed around PGR, PGR. I'm like, what, what, what is this guy talking about? So, uh, Kevin, take us away here. You put something in furrow at time planning, the product called Radiate. It doesn't have to be Radiate, but you're going to say it, tell me, why do I need a plant growth regulator? And why is that something beyond fertility that gives me um, uh, a big benefit? Well, we we do it because, all right, let me take you back a little bit on this PGR stuff. You know, just Radiate has been out a long time. I, I don't, I can't even remember how long it's been out, but we've learned how to use it. Uh, originally, we would rely on just foliar applications in vegetative state of the plants. We would put that, that PGR out there. But as we've moved along, we found out by going in furrow with that PGR, we can really enhance that root development and help that plant mitigate that stress early on these cold soils that Kelly's talking about, it's just another vitamin you might say in there. So it aids, it just helps handle that stress that can happen. And, uh, you know, the guys here that planted last week before Easter, it was really good conditions. And then we got down to you know, 28, 29 degrees. We've got chilling inhibition set in because we got a cold rain. So 
that first 50 growing degree units that sucks that cold water in. And when you start using these products like this, it's not going to stop that from happening, but it's going to help reduce the stress on that seedling as it's emerging and starting to grow and build that root mass. And that is, a, that's just, it's a different way of thinking. Now, Dr. Heinegger at NC State has done a lot of extensive work on the product Radiate. And what's really neat on what he's seen is the rate, I mean, it's really easy. It's two ounces per acre is, is what they have found to do in Perth. But Dr. Heinegger's research, I spoke with him earlier this week in depth because I wanted to make sure I understood it clearly what he had found. And in his research on the, he had plots all over North Carolina, one right above me here about 20 miles. And what he has found is running a four ounce of radiate is give him a solid yield gain every time. And the least yield gain that he had found was eight bushels, but he has seen as much as 10 to 12 bushels. And when he ran the two ounce rate, he would see yield gains, but it wasn't as consistent a yield gain as what he's seen when he went to the four ounce rate. And that's a lot more money, but with all the trials he had over a two year period, it's, and that win rate, and, and he does a phenomenal job. I mean, I, we, I've got to work with him just my whole career. And uh, that's pretty rock solid information right there. So wait, I just want to make sure I get this straight. Radiate is a PGR. That's its only, you know, as opposed to the, we were talking about Accomplish Max, it's a soil metabolite. It's got sea kelp in it. It's, uh, it's a stress mitigant. And it's, it's really at least two things, maybe three things. Is Radiate anything besides just plant growth regulation? Just a PGR. Just a PGR. Yeah. All right. And so the, the. And that four ounce rates on corn is where he's done his research at. The soybeans, okay. we're at a two ounce rate on the soybeans. We don't have any research to justify anything but two ounces on the, on the soybeans. Okay, so the, the net result so far on his trials of doubling the rate to four, what was the bang, what, what was the big bang uh, for, he, getting, for doing that? The lead yield he's seen was eight bushels on corn. Um, 12, 10 to 12 was more than average, but he never become under eight. And when he ran the two ounce rate on corn, he would get yield gains, but they weren't consistent. Kelly, the person like me that was just plain ignorant versus, or even the person that's skeptical, that's saying, you know what, you guys, you guys do uh, put too much crap in there. I what plant growth regulator? What what benefit does a plant growth regulator do? So answer the skeptic or answer the person like me that didn't even know for sure what this is all about until a couple of years ago. You know, Radiate is a PGR. PGRs are to make the plant grow more efficiently. The greatest explanation I ever heard of a PGR is that your NP and K are like your factory workers. And the PGR is the foreman. Um, if, if all the workers show up in the factory one day and the foreman don't, the work's going to get done, but not in a very efficient manner. You know, and the plant would be the factory, obviously. Now, when you, when you put the PGR, when you put the hormones in there, the work is done more efficiently. The plant produces some of the hormones on their own, but we were supplementing these hormones to, to achieve even greater efficiency. And Radiate does a great job of that. Uh, you know, I, I think that the two ounce rate of Radiate, at least here where I live, is four and a half or $5 an acre. 
So we're going to go from four and a half or five to obviously nine or 10 if we double it to the four ounce rate. But Dr. Heinegger's research, the lowest response he had was eight bushel and the average 10 to 12. You know, I think right now, December corn is about 560 on the board. If I can get 10 bushel and, uh, you know, let's let's just talk a zero basis. If I can get 10 bushel, that's $56 for 10 bucks. Right. I always say that I, I need to get a three to one return. That's a 5.6 to one return. It's well, an absolute no brainer. Did you just tell me that corn's down to 560? I haven't been paying attention. Corn's down to 560? New crop new crop corn is 560. Well, we can't live on 560 corn. We need that I stuff around agree. seven that's bucks. Why we need, that's why we need radiating the returns we're going to get. We need more bushels. <laughs> we, we need $7 <laughs> corn, man. I can't give you guys help for having so much money if it's only 560 a bushel. I've been, I, I've been I understand. I've been it's giving you guys hell about $7 corn and $15 soybeans. I'm afraid I'm going to have to take some of my words back. Well, maybe not. Or a pay cut. I'm not sure. One of the two. All of the above. All right. Answer me this. Uh, by the way, Kevin, because we're having fun here. Uh, uh, plant growth regulator that you put in for, and it's not the only one, by the way. And so, uh, granted, we're talking about Radiate. You've used other PGRs, and you swear by them. I mean, like I said, I didn't even know what they were until I met Kelly Garrett. And, Kevin, you'd say there's absolutely a place for these things, right? Yeah, and, and let's be clear. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say every PGR is a good PGR. Um, I, I strongly encourage everybody to do research and test on their farm to make sure that it's going to work, especially if it's, you know, there's a lot of PGRs out there that we have not tested. and uh, But the ones that we've tested, most of them has had really good responses. And the ones that we talk about are the ones that we actually can uh, no doubt be safe on our farm when it becomes a grower standard practice on my farm or kelly's or yeah. or any of ours with extreme ag we you know if we're going to spend that kind of money we're pretty confident we're going to make some money because right? mm -hmm. we're not we don't need to add nothing else in there we got plenty of work to do so answer me this at time of planting you use this pro this pgr and it goes in for a corn and soy yes yep. sir and by the way every acre yep. every acre Every well, except for, now we do have to pull it out and get some checks without it. So yeah, right, right. So it'll be but, really hard to do after. I tell you, Damon, after you know that you're going to make money with something, and then they tell you we want to check without it on your farm, and you're like, "But I'm going to lose fifty dollars an acre. I don't yeah. want to do it." Right. You know? Yeah. I, I don't want, I don't I don't I, I get that you need controls, but also I like the fact that this thing makes me money. Hey, is it, it's the only PGR you're putting down at time of planting? For me, yes. yes. Okay, so this is the only one, and then you do, and then we're not really talking about because this is at time of planting. You also hit your crops, Kelly, with this uh, radiate again. Yeah, at post chem, we will. So radiate the, the hormones that are in radiate are for the vegetate, you know, for inferral, and then the vegetative growth of your of your crops, uh -huh. and then there would be a, another PGR that we would use at fungicide time for reproductive. Radiate is not for reproductive. It is for vegetative. Okay. You, you really need to know the, the right PGR because not yeah. all PGRs are the same. And what Kelly, the key is Kelly said, and you heard me say it earlier, vegetative timing. Mm -hmm. um, you got vegetative PGRs and you got reproductive PGRs. And it's very, very important that you do not mix them up. Right. You could have some. You could have a real bad day. So this yes. plant growth regulator is effective. You've you've now accepted it. You it was it's part of your standard practice, but only during vegetative growth phase of both plants, corn both right. crops. 
Okay. Right. All right. One other thing. So we're looking beyond fertility at time of planning. In other words, fertility is important. And in case you're not a member, we did a webinar about what's in our two by two. And so we, we go about this. If you were at Commodity Classic, we were in the nature's booth, for instance, and we talked about critical times of influence, meaning fertility. So again, it's not the fertility doesn't matter. It's critical, obviously. And we talked about targeting critical times of influence. It was one of our big subjects at, at Commodity Classic. But we're talking now what beyond fertility, okay? Let's assume we got fertility handled. It's kind of like, all right, got that done. Now what? Seed treatment. You uh, swear by it. And I'm going to go out and throw it out there to Kevin. Do I need seed treatment as badly in northern Indiana as I need it in your part of the world? I don't have the kind of humidity. I don't have the same kind of pests. I don't have uh, threats. Do I need seed treatment as badly as you need it? Do I need it at all? Well, I'm not farmed in northern Indiana, so I'd be premature to say that. My gut feeling is yes, you do. But uh, to be clear, until I, you know, I've not farmed in that area. I like it on every acre, everywhere. Uh, you know, the, the plot trials that we've done in South Dakota, we treated seed, we had good results um, here in the Carolinas and in other areas in the stream mag members, uh, we've had really good results. So absolutely. The one thing uh, on soybeans, we treat our own and we do, we have a commercial treater and that gives us flexibility to play and uh, flavor rates and timings and, and also you know, some of these treatments has got shelf wipes on them, Damien. So you got to really know what you're dealing with. Now we do like to inoculate all our soybeans and, and, you know, growing up, I was always taught if soybeans have been grown there in the last two years, three years, you don't need to inoculate. They'll be fine without it. And that was okay at 20 to 30 bushel soybeans, but these yield levels we're at now, I feel like we really need to have those soybeans inoculated and, so what we've used for many years, um, I guess ever since probably 15 years now, actually, uh, that's what drove us to getting the commercial treaters was because we was doing it with a brush auger before and just a spray nozzle. It was kind of a, kind of a rig, but hey, it worked. But we will use a, a product. It started out originally a Dynastart and it was a combination product. And then as times evolved and we wanted more stuff in there is this year it's a brand new product dinosaur three p plus um it's got uh, three modes of action plus some other ingredients in it that works well it's got your inoculant in there it's got a 90 day shelf life on it so that's really nice that you can treat your beans ahead of planting if you if you don't have a treater and you need to get someone else to treat it for you 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 can get full bang for your buck there. We treat them pretty much a week before we use them, sometimes a couple of days before we use them. And, uh, but it also has a, the, you know, as a rhizobia for the doctor, it has the um, fungicide on it. And it also has a, a insect, insecticide on it. So it's got kind of a triple treat there. You get everything in one. And, you know, we're putting other ingredients in there as well, but that is, that's one of our main components that we put in there. And uh, we'll add a, a heavy dose of fungicide in there as well to encapsulate that seed. And then we also are really curious um, or careful, I should say it'd be the best word, is making sure we got a good even seed coat around there. Uh -huh. uh, when we paint that around, we want it real nice and pretty like you're painting a, you know, painting a 
the car. You want a nice shine. You don't want a bunch of bubbles in it. And then we will, um, we also put a product in there. It's a, a shine product. It's kind of like a powder and it helps shine it up. And what that slickness does is helps us in our higher humidities to allow the product to flow through your central commodity tubes. And uh, we also have a polymer in there to help slick it up. You know, our goal, you don't want that seed to be sticky or rough. And especially corn or soybeans with these central commodity planters, I can't tell you how many times we've all probably had to get out and shake a hose or a tube where it didn't want to blow too good. And getting at really good seed treatment and getting all those products on really makes a big difference. And some of these products, when you treat them, Damien, they actually don't flow through those central commodity tubes good. You just can't get them smooth enough and they get kind of sticky. And we've not had that problem with the uh, the, the Dynastar products. We've, that's never been an issue for us. So, uh, but I will tell you, um, you, you made the statement earlier, putting crap out there. Um, I, you need to know which way the wind's blowing and get upwind when you go to open some of the ingredients to pour it all in there. Because uh-huh. I really do believe there is some crap in there. Uh-huh. All right. So, Dinosaur, it's the sticks. Hey, by the way, only on soybeans? Yes. Dinosaur, we use on soybeans only. A question yes. for you, Kelly. When I, I, I mean, I compared it to where I live. Does, does where you are matter whether or not you should treat your soybeans? Does it matter? Do you treat all your soybeans? No, I, I think you should treat, I think everybody should treat their soybeans. What matters where you live is what disease or what insects, what pests you have. You know, you might want to alter the, alter the treatment a little bit, but everybody should probably treat. Uh, Kevin talked about this stuff having a biological component to it, therefore shelf life. We got into this. Some of the stuff we've even trialed, uh, it might have been dead by the time it got to us. It was dead on arrival. So <laughs> we've had, we've had some issues with this. Um, do you use a, a do you use a seed treatment that has a biological component to it? Yes. So it's important that the shelf life is important. Okay. So, and 90 days is a big deal. All right. And then we always talk about compatibility. This is kind of a silly question because we're not talking about tank mixing, but is there ever, either of you guys, is there ever a compatibility issue with a seed treatment that then somehow it doesn't work, play well with something else that you're putting in through? Can that be an issue? Yes. Kevin's not in his his head. So Kevin, what do you got? Yes. You've got to be very careful. Um, You know, sometimes zinc can be a problem. Uh, other zinc's probably one of the harder ones to get to play with other stuff um, when you're treating but absolutely you just you, you kind of need to be careful when you're putting all that together because you you never want to make cottage cheese in that tank okay <laughs> might have to get Barry Evans's new mixer he's got <laughs> so that really has that been an issue for you Kelly I like the fact that about half if you ever saw dear listener the tech stream about the extreme ag guys about every third day you can count on what looks like an unmitigated disaster coming out of crawford county iowa um when i first joined these guys is the absolute actually they started me off like it's like starting off with the biggest one usually it's like a, a four a polaris ranger is like got a fence post through the radiator and is also like in the bottom of a creek or there's a cow that's hooked to the you know the the planter. I swear to God, it's always something. The favorite one was 
when the tanker truck, the hired man started pumping out the tanker truck, but didn't let air get to it. And it, it sucked it down like, like, like if you squeezed everything out of a shampoo bottle. That was one of my favorite ones that I ever saw. I'm like, dear God, they need somebody to supervise at this place. So anyway, speaking of unmitigated disasters, have you ever had any unmitigated disasters with seed treatment um, not playing well with something? And it's like, wow, that was a big lesson. No, because we hire that done. So we have people that are supervised. <laughs> well, you, you hired you hired your tanker uh, tanker pumper outer guy also, and he he sucked it he sucked it right That's down. That's true. That's true. But that was an employee, though. I'm talking an outside contractor. I didn't know every day when the milk truck pulled into the the farm I was raised on. I didn't even ever think about the idea you could crush that milk tanker like an aluminum can if you have enough incompetence. I didn't know that until I saw. It's the- amazing. I saw the, 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 the picture from your guys. All right. We kind of covered a bunch of things that are beyond fertility at time of planting. We talked about three products. Is there anything else, Kevin? Uh, wrap us up, get us out of here. At time of planting, beyond fertility, anything that we didn't talk about that the listener can benefit from at time of planting? Yeah. So so Kelly made the statement there that, that he uses someone else to treat the seed. And that's a great thing to do. But one thing I have learned is how important when you're putting just milliliters per hundred weight of seed and getting to ounces, take your time and go down and visit the guy treating your seed and see what quality of job they're doing for you. Because it can look pretty. It can have the paint coat on it and it's the right purple color or the pink color, green color, whatever dye they got in there. But if just go check it and make sure that um, you're getting what you are. Most of them are really, really good. But um, if they take pride in treating their seed, they'll do a better job with those big treaters than you can with a home remedy and an auger like I used to do on the back of a truck. And uh, But it's it's great when you got a good company that can do it for you. But, you know, pay attention. It's really important to get it right. Kelly looking and I, I hope that he doesn't take it personally. You know, Kevin, I I I, was, I hope that Kelly doesn't take it personally. When I talk about unmitigated disasters every third day on your tech stream, I'm like, how can these guys they screwed this up? And I'm telling you, I hope you don't take it personal. You know, I I was it's it's been kind of aggravating. Had two two planters wouldn't run this week, and it's just you know they've never you know John Deere and other companies has never ever seen this problem before. It's always on my farm. But then when I see cheese going out on the camera with the four-wheeler and the was it a calf in the in the wagon behind it? Oh, it was a, a little calf cart, yes. It came on hooks. Yeah. yeah. And the and the and the calf in the car just goes and outruns the four-wheeler. And there's some and there's some like old movie so where like the sidecar on the motorcycle keeps going yeah. and the motorcycle yeah, turns. Yeah. I'm like, this is like straight out of an old movie. Um, all right. Real quickly, Kelly. Uh, beyond fertility at time of planting, is there anything we missed? Well, I would just like to add the quality of product or how important I think a a product like Radiate is. One question at Extreme Ag that we don't like is what is one product we should use? I I don't like that. None of us like that because we want to, we always talk about a systems approach. However, if you have a grower that insists on what's one product I can try to just get started on a, on a higher yield journey, if you will, a higher management journey, my go-to answer always is radiate because it's tried and true. It's not going to let you down. You know, I know here we're talking about it in furrow, which is very important, 
but uh, spraying radiate at, at post chem time on soybeans, that's a guaranteed win. And so that, you know, radiate is one of the best products I've ever seen. It's tried and true on our farm. It's tried and true everywhere. And that, that's just, I, I wanted to just state how important I thought it was. That's a good way to get us out of here, frankly, because you just said that question that I've heard you guys asked. We've been asked it when we're doing plant panels at Ag PhD, when we're doing field days at your, you guys' farms. What's one thing? It's like, well, really, there's not one thing. You should be doing a bunch of things in the system. But that can be overwhelming, which is why they asked that question. For simplicity, that can be overwhelming. So that's a good answer right there. I think we're going to leave it uh, at that. We talk about looking beyond fertility at time of planting. Uh, as always, there's so much to be discovered. We have hundreds, literally hundreds of videos. I've recorded like 200 of these kinds of things on site, in person, and via Zoom. We have uh, all the stuff these guys do when they're just out there in the field. Go to extremeag.farm, share those with somebody that can benefit from it. If you want to take it to the next level, become a member. It's 750 bucks a year. Honestly, on a per acre basis, on a per return basis, you will not find a better deal. Extremeag.farm, almost all the stuff's free, except for membership will get you exclusive uh, access to the webinars and exclusive access to these guys that will answer your questions. Till next time, he's Kevin Matthews from East Bend, North Carolina. He's Kelly Garrett from a sometimes unmitigated disaster uh, operation in Crawford County, Iowa, and I'm David Mason. Thanks for being here. That's a wrap for this episode of Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. But there is plenty more available by visiting extremeag.farm. For over 50 years, farmers have turned to the proven lineup of crop inputs offered by Loveland Products. From seed treatments, plant nutrition, adjuvant, and crop protection products, Loveland has the complete lineup to keep your farming operation productive and most importantly, profitable. Check out lovelandproducts.com to learn more.